0: Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. ...in ending it. The whole pro-life movement, the greatest human rights and civil rights movement in American history. We made great progress recently with the reversal of Roe versus Wade. But where are the bodies? 65 and a half million, that's a lot of bodies. They're small bodies, but where are they? Do you know that there were a group of workers back in the mid-1980s out in the Los Angeles area who came across a gigantic, like a body box truck filled with the bodies of aborted babies, 16,500 of them. There was a dispute that lasted a few years over whether these bodies could or should be buried. Finally, they were buried in a cemetery called Oddfellows in Los Angeles. I've prayed at this gravesite. 16,500 bodies. That is one of about 50 grave sites around the country where aborted babies are buried. Some graves have a couple thousand, some graves have several hundred, some graves have just one, two, or three. It's something that boggles the mind when you think of the numbers and it's something that really breaks the heart when you think of some of the stories. There were some young people playing on a hillside in California some years ago and they stumbled across some bodies of aborted babies. I've been in situations and some of our colleagues in the pro-life movement were in a situation just recently where A medical truck pulled up to an abortion clinic, and out came the boxes carrying the bodies of the dead babies. One of the drivers gave to some of my friends one of those boxes recently, and they opened it up, and now the images of those bodies are are online for the whole world to see. Incredible stories. So some years ago, I came up with an idea for a uh, memorial that on one day, people from across the nation would go to the grave sites where these aborted babies are buried. Like I said, there's about 50 of them. And all pray together in mourning for those children. Book of Deuteronomy, the passage we just read, said God wants an answer to the shedding of innocent blood. You know, when innocent blood is shed on the land, it speaks. Abel was killed by Cain, you read in the book of Genesis. And after Abel was slain, the blood was swallowed up by the ground, and it cried out to God. And God heard it. God continues to hear it. Fortunately, the blood of Jesus, as the letter of the Hebrews tells us, speaks more eloquently than the blood of Abel. In other words, the voice of mercy Pleading through the blood of Christ is stronger now than the blood of guilt screaming out from the innocent who are slain. But that's all the more reason for us to remember. That's all the more reason for us to speak up. That's all the more reason for us to take action. So I want to have Janet now, together with Eric Scheidler, one of our colleagues in the the pro-life movement, explain more about the National Day of Remembrance that is coming up it's the second saturday of september each year and how you can be involved in it let's listen
1: well hello i'm janet morena executive director of priest life welcome to our program so you know abortion with the overturning of roe overruling of roe v wade and planned parenthood versus casey everyone thinks like oh women can't get abortions no 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 uh, unfortunately there are many states that still make abortion legal until birth but did you ever think about what happens to these babies when the abortionist takes that baby out of that mother's womb and kills the baby what happens to them guess what they're considered medical waste that's a human being and in my book and in most people's books human beings when they die or are killed should be given a proper burial Not so with aborted babies. Medical waste. They go into these red bags. Now, here's where it gets crazy. Some abortion clinics don't want to pay the fees what it costs for a medical waste company to come and take away the medical waste, which are the babies. And unfortunately, over the decades, abortion clinics, or mills as we like to call them, have taken those babies and the medical waste bags and just thrown them in their garbage. The garbage disposals out back. You know, those big green metal containers. And over the decades, pro-lifers who are outside abortion clinics praying have found babies in dumpsters. And they've retrieved those babies. And they've brought them to clergy, and they have given those babies proper burial. Well, today. We're going to talk about this topic. We're going to talk about where those babies are. And we, as a pro-life community, what should we be doing? Well, joining me today is a very dear friend of mine in our ministries, Eric Scheidler. He is the executive director of the Pro-Life Action Leave. He follows in his father's footsteps the great Joe Scheidler, the godfather of the pro-life movement, Eric Welch. Welcome to our program. So good to be with you. Great to have you. So you saw, Eric, I kind of gave everyone a picture of uh, how these babies, most of them are just thrown away as medical waste in the garbage. But over the decades, uh, very unscrupulous abortion clinics kind of threw them into dumpsters because they didn't want to have to pay the fees to have them properly disposed of. And we had pro-lifers who found babies and took them for proper burial. So all across our country, there are sites where these babies are buried. So tell us a little bit about, we have a special event coming up this coming Saturday uh, where we're going to honor the sites where these babies are buried. So tell us about the event that's happening. And of course, Priest for Life, along with your ministry and Citizens for a Life Society, Monica Miller, said something has to be done. So we're drawing attention this Saturday. So tell us about the event.
2: That's right. Well, the National Day of Remembrance for Aborted Children has been going on now for 10 years. This will be our 10th annual um, marking of this important day, observing uh, an anniversary, actually, of a burial that took place uh, way back in 1988. Um, These were some children whose bodies were recovered from a pathology lab in the Chicago area, a place called Vital Med. And there was a security guard at this pathology lab in the Chicago suburbs, who realized what was sitting on the, what the, the loading dock of this lab. There were these boxes and boxes and boxes, all stuffed full of tiny little fetal remains. So he, he contacted a pregnancy care center. A lot of this information that we get as in sort of inside information in the pro-life movement comes through pregnancy care centers, oddly enough. Well, we learned about Planned Parenthood opening their very first massive mega abortion center in Aurora, Illinois through a contractor who contacted somebody at a pregnancy care center. So here again, that was our, our sort of point of contact here. And the pregnancy center reached out to the Pro-Life Action League, and we sent some uh, folks out to uh, basically steal, so to speak, these boxes of corpses from the back of this pathology lab. And I, I use the word steal um, because that's what we were accused of by the abortion industry. These same folks who were irresponsible with, with what they did with their materials. There was another case where we uh, we recovered babies from a dumpster behind an abortion facility on Michigan Avenue, major, major street in downtown Chicago. Um, and again, the owners of the facility, the abortion industry tried to sue the Pro-Life Action League for, um, for stealing their property. The corpses of, ab- of abortion victims that they had cast into the garbage. Can you imagine? I mean, unbelievable. Trying to claim that someone's stealing your garbage is stealing private property somehow is all already bizarre enough. And then you add into the fact that we're talking here about human remains that you threw in the garbage. Um, And I think that that alone highlights the inhumanity of abortion and the horror of abortion, what it does to our culture that we created a system in which nearly a million children are aborted every year and we flush their remains down into our sewers. We incinerate their remains. In some cases, we incinerate the remains of of abortion victims to generate electrical power. That's what they're doing in the city of Baltimore, for example. So it's one of the ugliest aspects of the abortion industry, The, the fact that they have nothing but gruesome ways to dispose of the bodies of their victims. And often they're not even willing to do that. I'm sure people will remember the horrific story of disgraced abortionist Ulrich Klopfer, who was stockpiling fetal remains in his garage and in the trunk of a car. And 20 years later, these remains were discovered when he passed away. But thankfully those children were given a proper burial. They were buried by the state of Indiana And the attorney general came out and Curtis Hill gave a beautiful um, talk at this burial place. I was there with Father Frank, with our good friend Monica Miller, uh, when these babies were buried, and we were able to be there to offer some words. And this is now one of our burial places of aborted children around the country where we observe the National Day of Remembrance for Aborted Children. Uh, on on this coming Saturday, September 10th, it'll be our 10th anniversary. And so we really encourage people to come out to be a part of this history. And you've heard some of the stories already behind these burial places. We are right in the midst of pro-life history right now, this year, with Roe v. Wade being overturned. And this event is an important marker um, along the journey of of sort of uh, dealing with the past 49 years of Roe v. Wade coming to terms with what Roe v. Wade really meant, um, taking stock and then moving on. We can't move on from Roe v. Wade without acknowledging the horror of these 64 million abortion victims and the tens of millions of families that are suffering uh, still to this day because of those abortions. We know now, I mean, think about, about this, 49 years of legal abortion. In some states, more than 49 years. Look at New York started aborting babies a few years before Roe v. Wade. Right. That means that there are, there are people in their 50s uh, now whose brothers and sisters, whose potential friends and classmates and coworkers are not with us today. Um, you know, We're getting close to the age where some of the earliest abortion victims in the United States of legal abortion would be receiving Social Security benefits. Think about that. That right. really puts in perspective the fact that it's not just a tiny, tiny little embryo or a fetus that is destroyed in abortion. It's an entire human life. Uh, and all of that life might have meant all the people that person would have known, all the maybe children or grandchildren that person would have helped to bring into existence as right. a mother, father, grandmother, grandfather. So, mm. it, you know, it's sobering. It's sobering and it needs to be sobering. Right. We need to be sobered at this time of confusion and distraction. And the National Day of Remembrance for Aborted Children is an ideal opportunity for us to do just that.
1: Okay, Eric, so let's tell everyone about the website and when they go there and find a site near them that they can go to, what would they expect to happen on that day? Like on the website, does it say, like if they're having a service, what time it is, what's happening? Tell us all about that.
2: With well, a website... It contains all the information anyone needs in order to find out where a National Day of Remembrance uh, memorial service is taking place. But even though it's only a few days away, it's not too late to join this project by hosting one of our memorial services. If you go to the website, you look at our locations and find that there wasn't, there isn't a, a service scheduled near you, you will probably find a memorial location where you could hold a service even if it's just you and a group of your pro-life friends on this day, better that than that, you know, you stay home on a day when millions of pro-lifers are going out and observing this important day of observation and remembrance. So yeah, well, we're I showing right now, Eric, That's ready the- to help every step yeah. of the way. And you know right. what, even if you're not able to do that this year, maybe this year you simply go to that memorial site with three friends and you pray a rosary next year, you can expand it because we have all the tools you need to do that. It's a scalable event,
1: right? So right now we're showing everyone the map, and all those little blue signs show where there's events. Correct? That's the what blue that
2: dots is. are, are going to be your are going to be the memorial locations where there's a memorial marker. The red yeah, dots right. are going to be the places where they're where these children are actually buried. But in order to find out if a memorial service is happening near you, you have to check and see if there's one being held there. Um, We have burial places where we have not recruited leaders yet. We'd really love to get all of our burial places covered. And we have many memorial locations as well, where we could hold services if there were a leader willing to step forward. And again, we help every step of the way. We explain exactly how to one run of these things. I know it's just a few days left, but we've had some of our most effective leaders have come on for these types of events just a few days before gotten excited, had success that first year, even if on a modest level, And then come back the next year and do so much more so it's never too late to get started with your involvement um but you know maybe simply attending one of these events is the thing that god's calling you to do those locations are available for you and um and you can see some of those services that are already scheduled scrolling over your screen right right now
1: well you know eric like you just said even if there's nothing scheduled in a place that's near your home. And even if you feel, oh, I can't do anything, at least like you just said, grab a few of your friends, show up there and pray a rosary or say some prayers. That's what's important, not to let the day go by where those children that are buried there are not acknowledged. And you know, Eric, in in these whole 10 years that this event has happened, I know with the Silent No More Awareness Campaign where we have the mothers and fathers of these children who gone through healing, regret their abortion, they show up at these events because they don't know what happened to their baby. They don't know where their babies are. And yet they find it very healing and some sense of closure to go to one of these sites and pray. So I want to encourage anyone who's listening and watching, if you've lost a child to abortion please go to the website, see if there's a place, a location near you and go there. You will find it a very peaceful event for you to finally be someplace where aborted babies are buried. And, and I know that that's the experience of so, so many uh, of the men and women of Silent More have told us those stories, Eric. So yeah, um, know, thank God those, for this event.
2: Huh? One of the most moving of those stories Um happened a couple of years ago at our National Day of Remembrance celebration at Queen of Heaven Cemetery in Hillside, Illinois. This service had just wrapped up and I was greeting people as, as they were coming up to say hello and, and saying bye as they were leaving. And a, a woman came up to me um, and she was in tears. She was extremely uh, upset, distraught. She told me her story. She had found out that her daughter had just aborted Her first grandchild, her first granddaughter, a grandson was aborted by her daughter when she's away. And the reason the mother found out was because an insurance bill with the abortion charge showed up at their house. And she didn't feel like she could share this with her husband, the girl's father, because she didn't want him to have a negative view of her and be heartbroken. So she was carrying around this anguish for, for like a week by herself. And then she found out about the Day of Remembrance and she came out and she was able to publicly mourn for this child. She was in tears. And, but her message to me wasn't that she was sorrowful about what had happened. She was, her primary emotion was gratitude. She was very upset, but she was also extremely grateful because we gave her permission to, to mourn for this grandchild. We, we, we were the only ones saying this child's life mattered and your sorrow matters, it's real. You have suffered a real loss here. Our culture wants to tell you that an unborn child means nothing. When you have a miscarriage, it means nothing. When you have an abortion, it means less than nothing. It's a good thing. You've gotten rid of a problem, like getting, a, excising a tumor out of your body, and now you're healthier. That's the attitude our society's pushing on women like that grandmother who came up to me that day. Yeah. The day of Remembrance is saying no to that. It's, it's, it's pushing back against the lie that these children's lives don't matter, and saying they do matter, and the sorrow and suffering we experience because of our mourning those children. Those Feelings are real and deserve to be expressed. That's what the National Day of Remembrance is all
1: about. Well, I mean, think about it, Eric. You know, these children are the victims of Roe v. Wade. We just have the overturning of Roe. And I know from the testimonies of women from Silent No More and the, and the parents who took their daughters for an abortion, one thing I know they're grieving over right now is if it wasn't legal, they would never have done it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So these now are the real victims of Roe, because if it wasn't for Roe, some of these children would be alive today. Right. I mean, that's that's the reality, really, of it.
2: Our, You know, the mainstream media has been and, the, and, our, and our pro-abortion politicians have really been doing a horrible disservice to our country over the past several months since the leak draft first came out and then the final ruling in June pretending that abortion is some sort of positive good and that everybody loves it, and if only they can get an abortion, their lives would be better. All of these companies that are offering to pay for workers to, to leave the state to go get an abortion and come back home and get back on that factory floor right away. Um, the, the reality is that millions, millions and millions, perhaps half or more of the 64 million abortions that took place legally under Roe v. Wade were unwanted abortions. Unwanted because the mother would have chosen life if any circumstance were different for her. If there had been a single voice saying, I'll support you if you choose to have this baby, I will be there for you. Just listening and saying yes to that idea. Perhaps if someone had been willing to write a rent check or maybe if the dad hadn't been pushing so hard for the abortion, we know that perhaps half or more abortions are unwanted wanted abortions that should be a failure for our entire society for any woman to get an abortion who doesn't want it that's a failure of our society and it's so and they're not acknowledging this reality when our governors push the poorest residents of their states to get abortions when people like mayor lori lightfoot of, of chicago sets up a million dollar abortion fund what is that saying to underprivileged women in chicago right. we don't want your kids in our parks we don't want your kids on our lakefront we don't want our, your kids coming to lollapalooza we want your kids Flushed down the drain, and this city is for rich people. That's what she's saying.
0: Exactly. And
2: the National Day of Remembrance says exactly. that every child's life has value. The poor, their children have value too. There's nothing. I mean, Jesus Christ, our Christ, our Savior, spent time with poor people. He made a beeline to the poor people in town to cure their sickness and encourage them. The poor are there for us to care for, not for us to exterminate.
1: Right. And that's what abortion does. Remind everyone again the website for the National um, Remembrance Day.
2: NationalDayOfRemembrance.org is where you can go to find out where these memorial services are taking place, how you can get involved. If you can't come out, if you can't make it, if you're homebound or, or simply not available that weekend, you can make a gift. We spent countless hours organizing this event. I'm on the phone. My staff is on the phone with our local leaders we offer talking points to talk to the media this year, especially when the media are incredibly interested in these types of events. We offer flyers and handouts people can pass out to promote this event. Everything is there for you. It takes a ton of money to put this event on every year, tens of thousands of dollars. If you want to make a gift to support this event, that's extremely helpful uh, for us because we really pour a lot of resources into this because we really believe in it. So there's a lot of ways that you can get involved and be a part of pushing back against all the lies we've been talking about here today.
1: Right. And of course, the three sponsoring organizations are the Pro-Life Action League, Priest for Life, and Citizens for a Pro-Life Society. So, Eric, I just want to um, uh, come down memory lane just a little bit. You and I spoke uh, the day that Roe was overruled and Casey. Um, <clears throat> tell us again uh, so people can hear your reaction uh that day to hear that like we did it we finally saw in our lifetime the o- overruling of rome well
2: it's kind of a bittersweet moment for me to be honest because you know as much as you know i was filled with joy that this goal had finally been reached that we'd accomplished this thing that at one time seems so incredibly unlikely uh an event i mean uh, my, my dad joe Scheidler died in january 2021 so he was about 15 months late to, to this particular party 16 months. Um, he didn't get to see this day, uh, but he fought so hard for it. And in his final years, he really started to feel much more optimistic that the day might actually come that we are now, of course, uh, celebrating. So we missed him. I mean, I, I, I remember sharing some comments with you that day on uh, Priest for Life broadcast about how, you know how missed he was and some of those other leaders that are not with us today. Um, who's you know the giants upon whose shoulders we stand, right. and many many times over the past couple of months, as we've seen the fallout, as we've seen the propaganda uh, from the mainstream media, from the Democratic Party, from people like J.B. Pritzker here here in Illinois, you know we've we've really I've I've missed his counsel. I've I've really wanted to you know to hear what he would say in response to this or that you know bizarre claim and all the you know, the weird stories and edge cases that have been coming out. um, You know, I, I really miss him a whole lot right now. So, even though I'm I'm filled with joy, I'm also really sorry that my dad wasn't, wasn't able to be here with me. And I'm sure that, um, you know, his contribution was critical to this. Uh, Many of us have felt his hand on these days. Uh, We don't want to make presumptions about the afterlife or anything like that. We need to be very humble and leave that all to God, but, um, I have a sense that he's been playing a role even, even after his sojourn in this world. And, um, I'm just very grateful to have been, to have been a part of that with him over the years.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, your father was always a great inspiration to father Frank Pavone and myself, as you know, in September 93, when Cardinal Connie gave father Frank a permission to head up priest for life full time, your dad was the very first pro-life leader who took father frank under his wings he came out to chicago he kind of introduced him so to a whole group of other pro-life leaders and you know the same goes for me i met your dad in 1994 my first uh trip where i actually came to washington not just on a bus and go home the next day but i stayed for several days and i'll never forget I, uh, my, the moment when i was at the supreme court at the end of the march And there was your dad with Tim Murphy. And he had a whole shopping cart full of his book, Clothes, 99 Ways, you know, Stop Abortion. And I had already read the book when Father Frank was my parish priest. But now I met your dad and he gave me an autographed copy, which I know I showed you. Uh, I still have. And for me, it was like I met a rock star because I had looked up to your dad. And then, you know, so many of us that are so involved in the pro-life movement, are here and nourished because of your dad. I mean, he was amazing at the way he just fostered anyone who wanted to do something to bring in an abortion and, and helped kind of push them along in the right direction. So, so many of us are here because of Joe Scheidler. And um, I, mm-hmm. too, feel like, oh, shucks, Joe, you missed it, like you said, by 15 months. I, too, would have loved to seen his face. And when we first heard that news of the overruling of Roe, I mean, your dad was a hero. And there's others, too, you know, like Nellie Gray, Barbara and Jack Wilkie, Mildred Jefferson. These were like, you know, the pioneers who they had all successful careers. And when Roe v. Wade happened, I think, tell us what your dad told you. Like, I think him and your mom were like, what? They're going to kill babies? Right. Tell us about your dad's reaction to Roe. Yeah, for
2: sure. Well, you know, you can you can read all about it right in here. This is his memoir, Racketeer for Life. The subtitle is Fighting the Culture of Death from the Sidewalk to the Supreme Court. This memoir uh, came out in 2017, right at the uh, beginning of the end of 2016. And um, it tells the whole story of how my father got involved in the abortion issue. Initially, he was a very successful ad executive executive. one of his accounts at the um, ad company that he was at was uh, a Siebold ad company. They're, they're, they were eventually bought by a Japanese firm. They're the largest advertising company in the world right now. And he, one of his accounts was Shakespeare Fishing Lines. So he he would take the, uh, uh, the guys from Shakespeare Fishing Lines out to Lodge and set up their accounts and get them all involved and excited about the ads that they were going to be putting together for them. Well, he took that. That's those skills, public relations ability, his incredible ability as a writer and a speaker. And he founded the Pro-Life Action League. Well, he first started out with a very small office in Chicago about information on abortion, eventually worked for Illinois Rights of Life. He founded the league in 1980 because he really saw a need for regular people to be at work on this issue, um, that it wasn't going to be enough for the lobbyists, the court watchers, the um, you know the PR firms, that this really needed to be a grassroots effort in every single community in America. And fast forward to today with the National Day of Remembrance, and that's just what we're doing. The National Day of Remembrance for Aborted Children is an opportunity for regular people to come out and be a part of this movement. Um, and to, you know, if, if, if you've been watching the news this year, if you've been looking at the protests, the, the, the vandalism against pregnancy centers and, and Catholic churches, if you've seen the news stories, if you've watched, you know, Indiana pass an abortion ban and Idaho fighting the courts to hold, hold their abortion ban, you've been watching from the sidelines, come out on Saturday and be a part of this history. This National Day of Remembrance for Aborted Children is your opportunity to take part in this incredibly historic year of pro-life activism. That's what Joe would want you to do. He, uh, One of his models, was do something pro-life every day whether it's praying a rosary or making a gift or standing outside an abortion facility. Well, on September 10th, this Saturday, your activity is to go out to a National Day of Remembrance for Aborted Children prayer service and be a part of mourning for these victims of abortion and preparing for a new phase of life in which we're saving countless more of these children and burying so many fewer of them um, as we build towards a day when life is fully protected in our country. We're very far from that day. And anyone who lives in a state like Illinois knows that. Um, yeah. So, you know, even in even in those red states, those pro-life states, those states where abortion has been banned, we still have an obligation to go out and memorialize these children. And that's what we that's do. That's
1: right. Well, Eric, thank you for joining me. Uh, and then we put a challenge down to everyone. This Saturday, show up, be there, and pray for those children. And your life will definitely be changed. So thank you for joining me, Eric.
2: So glad to be with you. God bless you and Priest for Life. I'm so glad to partner with you guys on this project. And, and I'm so grateful for all the all the viewers and listeners who are going to be joining us on Saturday. We're one big, huge pro-life community, and it's a real honor to be with all of you.
0: Well, friends, I'm very grateful to Janet and to Eric for that conversation and to all who have participated over these years in the National Day of Remembrance. Uh, I hope that you, whether you're able to be at a memorial site or not, Uh, Will take this to heart. Keep in mind uh, these children. And, you know, the more we awaken our fellow citizens to the Holocaust that has happened, the more we will be able to get America on the right course. This is a key element of getting our country on the right course. And remember, the Democrats have a radical abortion policy of no limits at all. At all. They want late-term abortion right up until birth, healthy babies of healthy mothers. And if you think it's not happening, think again. We have the phone calls recorded of appointments being made for abortions of moms 33 weeks along in pregnancy carrying healthy babies. And they go ahead and they make the appointment. The abortion facility makes the appointment to kill those babies. This is, talk about America being on the wrong track. There's nowhere where it is so clearly visible than in the killing of these babies. Let's pray. Father, we we ask you to bless uh, us with repentance. We ask you to bless America, but not because we're always doing what's right. But Lord, precisely that in doing so much of what is wrong, you would not abandon us to that evil, but rather give us the grace to repent. Father, give us that grace once again and may the experience of visiting the grave sites of our brothers and sisters who were killed in the womb connect us with their humanity and connect us with the responsibility we have in you for speaking up for these lives and saving these lives, for helping their moms mourn and their dads grieve and their grandparents walk through the pain and the sorrow but not a sorrow that leads to despair but rather Lord a sorrow that leads to the cross of Christ where we find peace and joy and salvation we sum up all our prayers and praises in the Lord's Prayer our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, friends, for tuning in. Connect with me on social media at Frank Pavone, and I'll be happy to follow you as well and continue to encourage one another. Connect with Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network. And remember this, President Donald Trump always tells us we are part of the greatest political movement in American history. Remember that the radical left destroying our country, this country doesn't belong to them, it belongs to you. Let's take it back. We can take it back because we kneel to God alone and the greatest days of America are yet to come. Father Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. Talk to you again soon.
2: This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.